Hey guys, it's Jonathan Super. Happy New Year 2024. Oh my God, can you believe it? It's a new year already. I, I guess I'm just getting old. When I was younger, I'd hear all the old people talk about how, man, it's just flying by. And I would be like, no, it's really not. But this past year, really the last three or four years, had just flown by. I think there's been so much stimulation and so many things happening. And the days seem shorter because we're so much busier. Uh, and it's just flown by. So happy new year. I hope it is just started off with a bang for you. Everyone has different traditions. We just kind of chilled and rested and hung out at the house, but people do fireworks. We, we actually at Oasis, it was cool. A few of us that weren't busy got together and had a three hour old fashioned prayer meeting. Someone said, well, you don't have to do that. You could pray in the morning. I said, oh, I know, I know, but this is one year. 23 is one year that I wanted to see the rear headlights the rear lights go over the hill. And I just wanted to know for myself that, um, hey, it's gone. Bye. 23 is gone. And I know, don't text me or call me and be like, hey, I know that really just because there's a change of a calendar doesn't mean I get that. Believe me. And I've been talking about that a lot. That's one thing we're going to talk about today is that a new year doesn't make a new you. I think that's the thing that that with all the resolutions, and, and I'm not a resolution guy, uh, just so you know that, but with all the resolutions and everything going on, I would rather be a continuum guy. I would rather continue things the Lord has shown us through his word or that he's shown us personally in prophetic prophecy or whatever that we're continuing. Um, so I don't do a lot of just new resolutions because there's things I already feel to be working on. But I want to make clear that a new year doesn't necessarily make a new you. But it's an incredible opportunity to discover what I like to call the true you. Let's just say that out, the true you, the true me. Who am I? And we'll talk about that, that today. And, and I'll explain more in a little bit. But I'm going to ask the question, who is the you that God knew in eternity that you've never met yet? Who is the you? Who is the me that God knew that I haven't even met yet? Because if we believe social scientists and everything, then we are products of our environment, which means we are products of where we've been raised or reared when our spirit, our nephesh, has been eternity with the Father, according to Ecclesiastes uh, 12 and 7, I believe it is. So our spirit has been in eternity with God for eternity, then it's put in the shell of the flesh. And that's why when a baby cries as, a, as an infant, there's something about that activation of the inward spirit of man, the inward soul of man that's yawning for something more. So I just want to talk about that. Who is the you? And and what is the true you? What is the true you? And the next few weeks, it, it's just an. Ex- I, I've done this several years. I, I think I started five years ago. Uh, and every new year for the last five years, I've really delved into this. I kind of call it the alpha code, you know, using the old uh, military terms, alpha, bravo, and going into all that alpha, which is the very beginning or a or first or the beginning. I want to go back to the very beginning. I call it the alpha code. I call it the beginning of everything uh, concept of just what is who, what, what is your alpha? What is your first? What, who are you that God has designed you to be, but culture and family and environment and circumstances and COVID and whatever else has kind of messed that up. And this is a great time to redefine who is the true me. So it's really all about identity. And there's two things I, I want us to really get. Genesis 127 is honestly the concept we are created in God's image. So it's about remembering and the awareness of overcoming our spiritual amnesia that we forget. We forget. I forget. 
we have to remind ourselves we have been created in God's image. And then Ephesians 2.10 and are God's work of art. So we were created in his, in his image. And we as each individual believer, we are God's masterpiece. Now, do you really believe that? Because I know many people don't. Or they wouldn't say I'm ugly, I'm dumb, I'm stupid, I'm this, I'm that. So I really want to lean into that today. At this new year, who is the true you? I can tell you one thing. You are not your past. You're not what you you did. You're not what others have done to you. But you are a child of God. You're an ambassador. You're God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do the good works he prepared in advance for you to do. Bottom line, you, I am a child of the living God. I think we have to talk a lot of the difference between self-esteem because at this time of year, it seems like everyone is talking about that. Uh, there's a huge difference between self-esteem and understanding our identity in Christ and God's view of us, not the distorted view of ourself. Because when you look through the lens of failure and hurt and the prism of your pain of your past, you view yourself in the mirror, almost like a cracked mirror, and there's a distorted view of ourselves. I'm asking, who is the you that God made? Who is the you that God knew? And what is God's version of you? Uh, because there's a lot of identity. Uh, honestly, there's a lot of identity confusion today in the world. I mean, it's a big deal. It's going on with the sexual revolution. It's going on with transgenderism. It's going on in so many different areas. And I think a lot of it is tied to misconceptions about the value, the difference between being and doing. And, and I don't think we really understand. We were not created to be human doings. We were created to be human beings. And I'll get into that. You say, oh, that's so trite. I've heard that before. No, I, there, there's something behind that. There's a truth to that. But here's the bottom line. You can't have behavioral change. And everyone, <laughs> the last few days, everybody, New Year's resolutions, everybody's got their list. Everybody's got their agenda. Everybody, And I love it. I'm, I want to go back mid-February and see where everybody's at on that. But you can't have a behavioral change without a belief change. People are trying to change their behavior when they haven't changed their beliefs or the lies or the mindsets about themselves, about what you really believe about yourself. Here's what the psalmist said in 139, 14 in Psalms. He said, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Do we really believe that in today's world where the predominant Members of our culture do not believe the word of the Lord is actually the word of the Lord. They don't even understand this concept. But as a believer, as a Christian, do you believe that you're fearfully and wonderfully made? Marvelous are your works. He's talking to the Lord to worship that my soul knows very well. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I laugh. I used to do this with my kids and I've done it with young people before. But have you ever talked to people that in counseling, sometimes I'm talking and people are like, I'm just trying to find myself. Pastor, I just, I just dad i'm just trying i just need to find myself and, and i i tell people say okay take your hands you, you ready take your if you're watching right now take your hands take your two hands are you ready there's your hands i want you to take your hands i want you to do that right there i just want you to squeeze real hard there you are there you are you just found yourself and i think we and that sounds funny but i think we have to stop sometimes and begin where we are and find ourselves because there's a lot of people that seem to have a whole theology of low self-esteem. There's a huge difference. And this is where I see so much stuff on, on Facebook and Instagram and Tumblr and TikTok, TikTok, whatever. <laughs> there's such a huge difference between being self-absorbed and being self-aware. 
I want to be self-aware, but I don't want to be self-absorbed because it's not about me. It's about him. It's about lining up to his word. Why do I need, why do I need a fresh word until I have lined up with all the words? And that's a whole nother podcast. All the things that God, Elohim, the creator has said about me. And as I line myself up to those things that God has said about me, it's amazing how I become productive. I begin to be fulfilled because I'm operating in who God says I am. And that's the difference between self-worth and identity in Christ. And I think a lot of people have low self-esteem. They have low self-worth. But as believers, it's not about self-worth. It's about understanding and reclaiming our identity in Christ. Does this make any sense? Second Corinthians, Paul said it in chapter 5. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Wow. A new creation. A new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. But what happens, though, when you've had that encounter and you believe that by faith, but it really hasn't happened? I think it was Bill Johnson that said this, and it's so good. He said, at some point, you're going to have to start believing in your own conversion. You're either converted, you're either a new creature in Christ Jesus, or you're not. And he also said, whenever you think badly about yourself, because remember, you're God's masterpiece. You're his workmanship. Whenever you think bad about yourself, you're insulting your creator. Hallelujah. Whenever you think bad about yourself, you're insulting your creator. That that so so the concept today I want to talk about is how we discover who God has made us to be. So we won't ever want to be anyone or anything else when we discover the who God knew that we may have never met. Because let's look at our personality. And I'm I'm not a, a psychiatrist. I've I've studied counseling through the years, whatever. But I'm not an expert in all of that. But I do understand that there's different layers. I know that there's the projected you. There's the perceived you, and then there's the real you. So the projected you is the person that you think people aren't picking up what you're putting out because that's the projected you. That's who people want. You want people to think you are. Then there's the perceived you. That is really who people think you are. And then there is the real you that begins to come out. And so when you align that, what is the projected you, the perceived you, the real you, you begin to understand that sometimes the real me is not who I really feel God has called me to be. And I may have become more of a product of my environment, more of a product of my past than a product of what God says I am and who God says I am. So so what are these products? Negative thoughts, bad habits, poor self-image. And we can get into that. I know all of you are smart enough to get into that. But this is kind of, I, I, I forget, I think it was Rick Warren years ago said it this way. He, st- he broke it down into our history, our hurts, and our habits. So you have to be very careful when you talk about identity. You can't talk about being a new creation in Christ Jesus. You can't talk about new identity until you remove the results of habits, hurts, and hangups. You're going to have to remove that first. And so I, I'm excited to get to you to the crux of what I want to talk about today because it's Jeremiah 11 and it's so exciting. And I felt it was a revelation God gave me about five years ago. But before we get to that revelation, before we can really talk about the true you, we have to talk to, about the real you or are the you that you are now, the you that your history, what you've done, your hurts, what somebody did to you, or your habits, which is what you continue to do, have formed this person that you are, but it may not be the person that God knew before you were born from your mother's womb. Does that make sense to anybody? So history, you don't know what I did, but I do. Hurts, I'm wounded, betrayed, vulnerable, and it's hard to trust. Habits, I still struggle. 
I've tried to overcome. I prayed to overcome and I can't, and I'm just going to give in to that. I want to deal with that right now. We have to, you have to be willing to say no today. I'm going to begin to deal with this because even though your feelings are legitimate, those feelings, your history, your hurts, your habits. And I think it was Rick Warren that said hangups. All of that is legitimate, but even though your feelings are legitimate, they're not facts. Oh, I like that. Even though your feelings are legitimate, they're real feelings, but they're not really facts about you. The fact is, who does God say you are and who did he form you to be? But here's the problem. A lie believed as truth will affect you as if it were the truth. That's happened in my natural life. It's happened in my marriage. It's happened in my finances. It's helping with my children. So it's happened as a pastor. A lie believed as truth will affect you like it is truth. Because this is, and I don't even know who said this. I wrote this down years ago, that when the devil lies, he speaks his native language. (laughs) If his mouth is moving, my dad said that about somebody years ago in Africa. He said, if his mouth is moving, he's lying. He's a liar and the father of lies, according to Jesus in John 8. So listen to what Graham Cook said. Graham Cook, if you don't follow him, I just love his stuff. It's just truth bomb after truth bomb. He said, it's so important that you don't get distracted by what you are not. Did you get that? You can't get distracted by what you are not. You need to start confessing your persona and living in it. And I'm going to talk about that in a moment. How do we know what God has called us to be? Don't be bewildered by your circumstances. Just stay on course with what God is promising you. What has God said about you? And you're like, well, I don't know. Well, his word says it. So we're going to start with just identifying what has God said about me? And we're going to come in alignment with that. Now, there may be other words and other things that you feel in your spirit. There can be dreams and visions and prophetic words. Cool, great, whatever. But I can depend upon there are certain biblical theological concepts. That's the promise of God in my life. So it's so important that we get into that. So I took all that time talking about the true you and understanding that we all have history and we all have hurts and habits and hangups and we all have misconceptions and wrong environments. And I gave a little doctrinal foundation, but this goes to where I think it was five or six years ago. I was praying and fasting about the new year like we always do. And I think that's where it kind of hit me that I realized that we're not pop psychiatrists because it's like every new year. Uh, how many of you know that the prophetic words have to rhyme? So this year, everything has to do with floor and four and door and, uh, you know, whatever. Um, and so everybody laughs because it's, ha ha, that's kind of cute. And I was trying to find something that was legitimate for me and trying to lead a church and lead people, uh, into a new year and a new season. And that's where it just, this question came to me, who is the you that God knew that you've never met yet. And that comes from Jeremiah 1 and verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb. Now he's talking to Jeremiah, but we understand it's all of us. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Now you may not have been a prophet. He may have sanctified you for something else. But before you were formed in your mother's womb, God knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. That was his unique identity. Every one of us has a unique purpose and identity in God. And that is the reason our nephesh, our soul is sent. And then we are born as a human being, not a human doing. So once you realize you're created on purpose and created in the image of the creator, you begin to recognize that there must be secrets. 
secrets because that, that, that's the that whole thing about the soul and the spirit and the mind and all that. If your nephesh, if your human spirit, your soul has been in eternity with the Elohim God, then there are secrets stored up in your spirit. That's why there are things that I tell people sometimes that it's not word of knowledge, word of wisdom, it's not the gifts of the spirit. It is simply your ability as a human spirit, your human spirit, the soul of a man, the spirit of a man that has been in eternity with God has so many secrets, so many revelations. Do you understand that the breath that's inside you, the spirit that is inside you has already been eternity in heaven? Go read it. Ecclesiastes 12 and seven, the spirit shall return unto God from which it came. The spirit has already been fellowshipping. That's why your soul craves the anointing. That's why it craves these seasons of prayer and fasting and waiting on the Lord and worship. Your spirit man craves these seasons because it's already been in that. And this is when the moment you begin to embrace, you begin to embrace how you have been formed in fashion is the moment that you step into the purpose you're created for. So everything that has happened to you, God had a plan and even the negative things Joseph understood it by revelation to his brethren. He said, what you've meant for evil, God has turned for my good. But is there some way that we can take our history, our hurts, our habits, our hangups, and realize that they've all been preparation to reveal to us the real us that God has called us to be? Quit wishing that you are somebody else. I, 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 I didn't. This is not original. It's in my notes, and I don't know who said it, but I'll give somebody credit for it. God is not the author of prolonged purposelessness. We are. God is not the author of aimlessness. We are. God is not the author of lack of discipline. We are. God is not the author of prolonged purposelessness. We are. Quit wishing you were somebody else. Stop wanting to be somebody else and begin to pray with me. I don't want to be anybody else. How do I become the true me? How do I find the me that God knew that I've never met? Don't create your create, don't insult your creator by insulting his creation. You were fearfully, the Bible said, fearfully and wonderfully made. So I want to go back to Jeremiah 11. Who is the you that God knew that you've never met yet? Because noise, family, family genomes, habits, hurts, abuse, addiction, religion, whatever has put things on you that God never intended to put on you that have changed your entire personality. Wow. So let's go back to the beginning. Let's go back to Genesis 1 and 27. So God created mankind in his own image. There we are. I've quoted that several times already today. God created mankind in his own image. Did you get that? In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Now go to chapter three and verse 17. And I understand everybody wants to get into this. Hey, what do you believe about the gap theory? What do you believe about this? Whatever, whatever. There's a lot of stuff checked in, uh, kind of trapped and packed into the first three chapters of Genesis. But Genesis three and verse seven, then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves covering. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves. Can you believe that? 
hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. And the Lord called to Adam and said to him, where are you? He called him by name. Number one, he called to Adam and said, where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And I love what Elohim said. He said, who told you you were naked? (laughs) You've, You've been naked. Every time I've known you, forever how long it's been, I don't know how long it had been that the Holy Spirit had been fellowshipping with Adam and the Spirit of God, the Elohim of God, fellowshipping with the Nephesh of Adam. And he was naked. Eve was naked the whole time. God didn't care until shame entered into man and man was shameful and guilt. And he said, who told you? Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you that you should not eat? Now, this is something I... I uh, this is something I want to make sure it's really not in my notes, but make sure that you get, I'm sure you do. But God never said, Elohim did not say, Adam, what have you done? He said, Adam, where are you? Because sin separates. It was the separation that God addressed, not the sin. It was the separation from his presence that he addressed. He did not say, Adam, what the heck have you done? He said, Adam, where are are you? But this is the concept in this with this alpha code and the true you and everything I've been talking about from Jeremiah. And we'll wrap this up today. But here's the question. What are you covering up that God wants exposed so he can reposition you into the concept and the person that he has made you to be? And if you really ever surrendered to God and been exposed to God where he can say, hey, where are you get it? Where are you, Adam? Where are you? Jonathan, where are you? I, I, I see the hat. I see the shirt. I see the, 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 the title, bishop, pastor, husband, father, friend. I get that. But Jonathan, where are you? Because things in Adam and Eve's situation, it happened to be sin. What is separating you from the identity that God has created you to be? What is separating you from the purpose and the plan that God has called you to be? Because it's all about identity. Remember, we're created in God's image and we're God's work of art. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared. Here it is. It's, it's, it's all right here. Jeremiah 11, great. But Ephesians, Paul brings it in, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. When we, when will we reclaim our identity, our magnificence and our beauty and live in accordance with what God has said? So this is the last part I'll get in today. And if you want me to, we may continue on these things. Okay. What does the Bible say? I am what, what scripturally, who am I? Okay. The Bible answers that, but here's the thing I want to leave with you today. Before you think about what you want to do, you need to consider starting with who you want to be. It kind of sounds like Dr. Seuss. I, I, years ago, I thought I may do a series, uh, Dr. Seuss series, because it's all about more the who than it is the do. We're human beings, not human doings. So if you have some who goals, those will direct your do goals. So in, in this season, who is the you that God knew that you've never met? In this season of whether you're writing resolutions or whether you have your year plan or your five-year plan or whatever it is that you're trying to do and map out, whatever that is that you are endeavoring to do on that level, what if you begin to focus more on the who than the what? What if you focus more on the who than the do? 
I'm telling you, look at the apostles, look at the teachings of Jesus. I think that's the huge clash with culture. There's a culture clash going on between our Western culture, our get her done culture, our self-esteem culture, all of these things. And then there's the identity of Christ. What if you begin to focus on who goes and allow them to begin to direct your do goes because potential is just a process waiting for a plan. So what if you could tap in, okay, Lord, who, who do you say that I am? And then as I identify who you say that I am, then I begin to clarify the next steps of becoming that. Amen. I just want to pray for you today. I'm doing this myself. I'm asking myself this. I know my wife, Stephanie, uh, really gets in this time of year and really begins to read and study and discipline and and realign we call it realignment it, it may not we we try to live consecrated it may be not really a reconsecration it's a realignment of okay who is the jonathan super that god knew because in the i don't want god saying jonathan where are you lord i want you to know i am here i want to be the who you knew in heaven and who you created me to be on earth. So Father, I just pray right now, if anyone's watching today, struggling with identity issues, self-esteem issues, struggling with hurts or habits and hangups and history, whatever it is, I just pray right now that you would give us a, a reset, that we are new creations. And that begins right now. Um, if any man be in Christ. And so we, we align ourselves to your word. We repent of any sin. We confess with our mouth that you are our savior. You're our king. You're our Lord. And we're coming in alignment with your word. And we want to know what you say about us. What do you believe about us? And reveal our who. And once we know our who, then Lord, we can begin to discipline ourselves in our do. So I just pray for everyone watching today. I pray that you would allow us to encounter more of you and understand more of our identity in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless. Hey, love you guys. I'll see you next time. Happy New Year.